This is the Town Roots Podcast, episode number 24. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. Today, we're joined with uh, Fern Stroud from Black Vines. Hi, Fern. How are you? Hello, hello. I am well. How are you? We're doing well. Thank you so much yeah. for yeah. Thank thanks so much for joining us. So you do a lot of stuff to promote black winemakers, and one of your signature events is your spring black winemakers event, which I attended just recently. It was in February, I think, mm-hmm. and and I had such I had never heard about it before. And I came across it, and and my wife and I went to it. it just had a fantastic time. And so really wanted to have you on to talk about that and, and everything that you're doing. So why don't you tell us about Black Vines? All right. First and foremost, thank you so much for attending. We are glad that you enjoyed yourself. And that is why we do what we do. So what Black Vines is, is a toast to Black wineries and diverse art where we celebrate Black history while focusing on Black future. And we focus on the future of wine, the future of art, the future of jazz, the future of culinary experiences in this space of Blackness. And so we really try to make it a a 360 Black experience where everything that you interact with within the space is a Black-owned company. And so underneath it all, we want to create community and do our part in the, the building, maintaining, and sustainability of a Black economic ecosystem. And so we used wine as a, a conduit to creating this space where organic connections can happen. We're very intentional about creating spaces where we can see and take images of Black men smiling. We really want to push the culture forward in a way that we may not have otherwise experienced it before. And so with Black Vines is this space where it's multi-generational. It spans the color spectrum, but it's very unapologetically Black, but even more unapologetically loving. So the space, regardless of who you are entering that space, we want you to enter feeling loved and leave feeling even more loved than when you walked in. I would say I totally agree with you. I, everybody was smiling. I don't think anybody had a frown on their face. And it was very loving. And one thing that surprised me a little bit, like I was expecting all of the winemakers to be from California, particularly Northern California, but they were really, you had winemakers here from the East Coast. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? How do you go about finding the winemakers for the event? What we've done as a result, not even a result, as we entered our 10th year, so the end of our 2020 celebration, we wanted to start the process of entering into our 10th year. And one of the avenues was a membership model. And so over the years, we've garnered these really um, amazing relationships with winemakers all over the country. And so what we wanted to do is find a way to extend the benefits that we get from those relationships to all of our supporters. And so 
the way that we go about bringing new winemakers in are literally just finding black winemakers. A lot of winemakers tell other winemakers about what we're doing, but we actively seek out new black owned brands and we just engage them. And we don't necessarily umbrella all the black owned wineries out there, but we do support every black winery that is in this space. Whether they're partners or not, we think that, not even we think, we know their existence provides a path for others to be able to follow. And so we're open to whomever is in this space, um, doing amazing things in wine, doing amazing things in art, doing amazing things in the culinary scene, and just try to create a platform to provide additional marketing and just additional awareness for these small businesses. Was that kind of the impetus for for getting it started, was just to bring more awareness to everyday wine drinkers that there is a large or growing Black presence among wine, I guess, vintners? Is that what we would call That's a a point of contention because there's different ways to define it. Some define, use vintners and winemakers interchangeably. Some say that vintners have vineyards that they actually maintain and then create their wine from. But the reality is, for the first five years, I had no idea that I was in the wine industry. Hmm. All we were doing was creating something in Oakland for Black folks to be proud of, that we could celebrate Black History Month that wasn't a party. That was more of a gathering space reminiscent of kind of the festivals that I had gone to as a child where you just see so many black people smiling. Mm -hmm. Everybody's your auntie or your cousin. (laughs) And it's just a space of love. And so we literally just wanted to create that space. And it's bigger than myself because there's a team of folks who make this thing happen. They just, they, they make what was in my head, actual thing. And it's a beautiful thing. But again, the, The industry, because we've been doing this now, we just celebrated our 11th year. So the industry has grown exponentially since year one. Like year one, we knew of maybe 10 to 12 Black-owned wineries. And there may have been 10 or 12 more max. But now we're looking at over 100 Black wine brands. And so with that, there's also this, this spark of interest in wine that I don't think has ever been quite as infectious. And so it's like the culmination of all these things continuing to evolve that we were in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And primarily just our focus was being consistent, always providing that space for us to be in community with each other. And no matter what, the last Saturday of February for the last 11 years, even in 2021, when we didn't have a physical festival, we did a four-hour Instagram marathon where every 15 minutes, another Black winemaker came on the line and folks were able to see the banter and the um, rapport and relationship behind the scenes kind of interactions that we have with our winemaker partners. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's been an interesting ride. And to sum it all up, the wine was just a vehicle. It was never the, it was never our intent to see, to make it this thing. 
it just evolved into what it is. Very nice. So are you a winemaker yourself? Not at all. I am a wine drink, but no, I am not a winemaker, nor have I ever really had the desire to be a winemaker. I do think I owe the, just the business, the learning, like learning the process, understanding what wine is, even though it may not be what I want in particular, I have to do what's best for the community that we've helped build. And so in that, I have to be as much of a student of wine as the next person. And so I kind of, I delved into some study. I actually did an internship in exchange for one-on-one training in blind tasting and just learning more about wine itself. And it's a continuous learning process. I don't foresee myself ever being a winemaker per se, but I never saw myself being in the space that I am today, 10 years ago. I'm open to whatever is best to serve the folks that we're here to serve. Now, I know you said that you, at the beginning, you wanted to create community, right? That was similar to the events and festivals that you went to as a child, but Sada, where did the wine come in? Like, where did the connection with the festivals? At what point was the aha moment? Say, hey, we're going we're to do a wine festival. Or we're going to do we're going to do a black wine event. Where what was that aha moment? Well, what I really want to focus on is the culture and how we are influencing different areas of the culture that you don't necessarily see yourself always highlighted, and so. One in particular, one one thing was we wanted to highlight art, but not just artists making photo pictures of black people, a diverse realm of art. Like how is art interpreted in different ways? Music is I grew up playing jazz and classical music. I played with in the Berkeley schools. So the Berkeley High Jazz Ensemble I was a part of for all four years of my high school career. And so I have been to probably tens of dozens, probably more upwards of probably a hundred jazz festivals over my time as a musician in schools. And so what we wanted to do was create a space where, where you saw black folks doing things that you didn't know they were doing. And so in that, we started looking into this wine space and was like, hold on, we're in the backyard of the most famous wine region in the United States. Let's see if there's black winemakers out there. Mm-hmm. And we stumbled upon the Association of African-American Vintners and was like, whoa, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was a perfect pairing to bring those elements together, the art, the food, the wine, the jazz. And we we also wanted to patronize Black-owned spaces. And so we were the first kind of run is we want to go to every Black-serving gallery or Black-owned gallery and activate the space with this experience. And so wine was just another, almost the jail to bring all of those elements together. And that's how we brought the wine in. We tested it out and it seemed to be a perfect fit. I, I was just going to say, it sounds like uh, through all of this, you, you've put together some unique experiences for people to enjoy. 
And for you, though, like what's been the best thing that's come out of this for you and your organization? Wow. Um, I think probably the most impactful thing that has come from this is the community that we've been able to build around these Black winemakers. And we have, it's never been a transactional thing for us. It's always been about the relationships. And we have built some of the most amazing business relationships with our partners that anyone could ever dream of. And that is probably the most beneficial thing. And it's just the community in itself, like the people that we see year over year who've come, the love that we're able to provide in that space. Those are the things that I'm, I'm most proud of. Like people feel good. And I really feel like my purpose is being fulfilled in that space where we can serve our people and show our excellence in a light that that we're not always privy to see. It's not always accessible to see us in those spaces. And to be able to, to, to be a part of creating something like that, it's a true blessing. And it's almost indescribable. The feeling is indescribable because it's not me that, that does this. It's just I'm, I'm trying to follow what I know is is right. And so we always just want to continue to do what's best for the people that we're serving. And um, super humbling, um, very grateful to be in this space and continue to grow it. But yeah, it's just, it's a journey. It's, it's been a journey and I'm just grateful to be on the journey. Fern, what's been the most surprising thing on this 11 year journey? The growth. Like the sheer numbers, the wine industry, as of late, I've started to really see the the similarities. And I understand my space in the similarities between wine and tech. And so my career was in tech since I was a a small kid. I always knew that I was going to work with computers. And so to see the similarities in, in wine and tech, the invisible barriers to access, to entry into that space um, and being able to personally break down some of those barriers and be in tech 20 years ago. Wine is very much the same. And so what's so surprising now is that much like tech, you're starting to see this wave of interest, of backing, of opening and leveling the playing field. And what was once this very white male dominant space is now opening up and the possibilities are like endless now. And so what's most surprising is how that, that, that ceiling has been like, it, 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 it's been blown off and what's to come we have no idea, but it's really beautiful to just witness from 10 years 
12 years ago to where we are now. And I'm very excited about what the future of this industry looks like. That's amazing. So can I tell us about like how being in Oakland has, has or, or having the event uh, be in Oakland has been a benefit or has made the experience uh, great for you? We got to be we got to be honest with ourselves in the Bay Area and realize that we've been the catalyst of cultural explosions for decades. I grew up in Berkeley, born and raised. My family has been in the area for many years. And Oakland is just a heartbeat of culture for Oakland. And, and Black culture has had... Um, revolutionary historical feats based in Oakland, California. And so I can't see a better, a better place to have such an experience rooted in probably one of the most amazing experiences was being able to do what we do at the Farmery Park, which had deep ties to just some of the history of Oakland itself around black folks and I don't think there's any other place in the Bay Area that could be more fitting for such a culturally enriching kind of experience. And so we're super, super proud to have started our journey in Oakland. The business itself is based in Oakland. And it was e- equally super dope to be able to take this and produce it in Berkeley, where I'm born and raised. And it's just it, Oakland is an epicenter of amazing Black culture. And as things change and the demographics kind of change, I think it's important not to lose that heartbeat and to have these culturally relevant experiences available. And and it spans the spectrum of, of color all over. Oakland is like super, super diverse, but culturally relevant for many different cultures. And I don't think we need, we can't lose that secret sauce because that's why everybody wants to be here anyway. That's why these dang rents are so high. (laughs) They're building these buildings and doing all this stuff. It's important to keep the heart of what makes Oakland kind of still pumping. So I got another question that we talked about why it's a, a, relevant event for Oakland, but like how many, how far has the reach spread outside of the Bay area for the event? Like where's the farthest place that someone has come for your event? Oh man. I'm wondering, did we have anyone international this year? I know we've had people come all the way from the East coast for this event just this year, folks from DC, but I want to say did someone come from out of the country. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I, I met your DC crew because I, my wife and I were staying at the table <laughs> drinking and, and we were talking to one of them and we just assumed everybody was from around here. And she's like, oh, I'm from DC. And we were like chatting with her and she turned around and was like, oh yeah, my like five friends, we all came out here. You know, for the, and I'm thinking, oh, you were here for something else? You just found out about it? No, we came for this. Yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, and they came to California for your event. Yeah, it it Super humbling. Mm-hmm. And it just lets us know we got more to do. 
we have more work to do. But we've done activations in Texas, in L.A. We're looking to do something on the East Coast before the end of the year. We have partners in Atlanta looking at something in Chicago. So the reach is, is definitely national. The Internet makes it a lot easier to connect with folks across across the world. So it's just it's been it's been crazy to like for someone to literally travel to come to what we do here. It is a, amazing and it is a testament to like that that overall cultural experience that Oakland, only a place like Oakland can really provide. So Fern, why don't you tell us about what happened with the pandemic? Because here you have a physical event, right? That, that brings people together in a physical space. And then March 2020 comes. Walk us through what happened with that. How about I'm going to walk you through the end of February 2020 because okay. I was working and my job at the time, we had a counterpart team in Beijing. And so my colleagues had went to Beijing in, I want to say, October-ish. And so we knew, we were very aware of this thing because our Beijing counterparts had gone into lockdown. And I went to New York the last week of February. We actually did our event and had over 500, about 450 to 500 people at the event, February 29th. And then was it two weeks later, the entire world just shut down. So my fear was, oh my goodness, did we create a super spreader event? Like, but there were no incidents from Black Vines which is still remarkable to me and no events this year. So that's good stuff. But as I said, we were, as soon as the festival was over in 2020, we were going into gear for 2021 planning, which is our 10th anniversary. And so we were planning on doing so much like, traveling state to state and investing a lot of resources into these amazing activations and kicking off this membership model where you basically get access to over 20 black owned wineries at a discounted rate and all of this stuff. And so the pandemic completely shifted my livelihood because I also took the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So it was like, Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And so we, we had to pivot immediately and figure out how are we going to still provide mechanisms to connect, but, from home. And so a lot of people had jumped on the virtual tasting path and I felt it was saturated. I felt the market was saturated in that space. So I didn't, I, I personally wasn't interested in entering that space, but we kept, the demand kept coming. And so what we were able to do 
was almost emulate the exact same energy within a virtual space as we were to were able to do physically, which was amazing. We would have virtual events and people wouldn't leave. Mm. Like they would, I would have Zoom scheduled for 90 minutes mm-hmm. and two and a half hours later, I'm like, okay, folks, I got to go. <laughs> but we were able to provide that one-on-one dialogue with the winemaker. You got to ask all the questions you could ever want. We were able to partner with a, a Black-owned a catering company that provided these beautiful grazing boxes, which were like cheese and charcuterie boards. And so you got this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And so the day of your virtual tasting, you'd get a knock on the door with a bag and it had wine and this cheese in your glass. And we were able to create that experience for our folks and That was amazing. But COVID scared the heck out of me because it just seemed like so much so quick and everything that you thought was going to happen completely changed. And then you had all of those other things that that kind of just had an insult to injury almost with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and just so many things that we know have been going on, but because we're stuck in a house, you're almost forced to face it. And I think not us, not black folks, so much as other folks are forced to see this thing that they're able to just bypass in the other time. But when you're sitting at home and this is all that's, that you can see there's no escaping it. You can't get away from it. You can't go to the bar and drink it away, but you can't ignore it and say, Oh, I have my black friend. So we good. No, you have to really do some introspection. And that, that time period really was an inflection point for me to see one. I have the ability to pivot and to survive Two. We have a viable business that is serving folks. And so we have to lean into how do we serve our folks the best that we can. Three, figure out ways to continue to improve the experience because obstacles will always be here. So how do you find ways to serve the people that you're serving in spite of whatever obstacles come? And to come out of 2020, okay, was amazing. To enter 2021 and be in the same kind of vibration, again, was scary, but we had 2020 to reference. And so we just moved forward and pushed forward and played around a lot more to learn what the boundaries were. And then 2022, just had the faith to, to I'm going to, we're going to see this through. We're going to do everything in our power to create a safe space, but also know that things won't ever be the same. Like the way that we do what we do ever quite be the same. And that's okay. Cause at the root of it all, we're here to create spaces of love. And so the people who enter those spaces come with that same energy. And we really try to prime the space as soon as you enter 
that that you have a responsibility to every individual in this space to be the best version of yourself. And 2020, the, the pandemic was a blessing in disguise because it really forced people to get uncomfortable and really find find themselves. And for all those who were lost and who lost loved ones within that space, my heart always has gone out to those folks because a lot of people were impacted. A lot of misinformation was circulated and it, it changed people's lives forever. Before we wrap, I've got one other uh, question regarding that. As all of the things that you had to do and the modifications to the way the event runs, are you going to continue some of the virtual types of events that, that you had to utilize during 2021? Or, or are you just going to focus solely on, on in-person, in not really catered, but coordinated events that, that you've done in the past? We are going to continue to have the virtual options available because what we did realize is we're able to bring teams together that are virtual anyway, especially technical organizations who have people all over the country. It's still a way to bring your community together. And so we don't want to forsake that group of folks We always want to be able to serve everyone, everyone that we're meant to serve. And so we'll continue the virtual offerings as well as our in-person events. We're building the team out. So we're able to have the infrastructure to support both kinds of events. And we've actually kicked off our weekly series again, Black Wine Wednesdays, where we activate a different Black-owned restaurant or bar in Oakland with partnered with a a black owned winery. And so we started that in April and we're booked through May. And so we're just going to continue to find ways to serve the various customer bases that we do have. So I I guess let's, I I think the best way to do this now is just tell people where they can find you and, and the events that you have and all that, like websites, social media, all that. Certainly. You can find us at blackvines.net, and that's B-L-A-C-K-V-I-N-E-S dot net. You can find us online, IG, we are blackvines underscore. I believe on Facebook, we are blackvines as well. We have our membership model. Again, if you go online, you can see that. We've kicked off our Black Wine Wednesday series, which is every Wednesday um, from 6 to 9 p.m. And we rotate different venues. So this Wednesday we'll be at Kingston 11 with Thomas T. Thomas Vineyards. On the 18th, we'll be at Mushin Sports Lounge with Greg Vaughn, the baseball player's new wine that he's released. At the end of May, we'll close out at Everton Jones with Fallcrest Vineyards. And we are looking to get our summer vines planned out, looking at the possibility of doing more than one activation. And what we do with summer vines is bring together more of the the summertime wines. We have an ode to sangria, rosé, and bubbles. And just continue to find ways to activate, to bring community together in a loving and safe space. So 
check us out, blackvines.net. That's probably the best way to to reach out to us and get on our mailing list and learn first what we have going on. That's fantastic, Fern. Thanks so much. And I definitely encourage people to go. I, I went and had a fantastic time and I plan on going, I plan on going again. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was very good to have you there. We're so <laughs> glad that you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Fern. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.